Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1987, four childhood friends were reunited after 10 years to investigate the murder of a mentor they all shared. During this time, they unlocked the deep secrets of the past and found themselves exposed to the darkness that surrounded them. Soon it became more than a fight for justice. And instead, it became a fight against the ultimate evil. Six months later, in the winter of 1988, bonded by their knowledge of the dark unknown, they have decided to no longer be the victim. Now they seek out the deep roots of satanic corruption that hides in the shadows of society, all the while trying to mentor a new companion, seeking justice for the death of his cousin. Institutionalized is the second story arc in the Chronicles of Darkness first edition story, The Ultimate Evil, set in Bismarck, North Dakota in 1988. Join us in this tale of satanic horror with Wayne, played by Adam, Che, played by Andrew, Alex, played by Mitch, Michael, played by Slavic, and the newcomer Derek, played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, and on Facebook and Discord at Twin Cities by Night. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. All right, Wayne, you are at the payphone, and you're dialing the numbers to that you're given by Melissa. You're looking on the back of this piece of paper that she gave him to you, and you see her cursive writing with her name. She even did a little heart for the eye, for the dot in the eye. She wrote her phone number underneath it. You put the receiver of this phone to your ear and you kind of use your other hand to muffle out the music that's coming from the main bar. And then you hear it rings a couple of times. Then you hear a a shuffle and you hear the receiver picked up and you're kind of surprised. You hear, hello? Hi, hello? Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, This is Wayne uh, from earlier. Oh, hey, hey, how's it? Perfect timing. I actually just got home like 10 minutes ago. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, I just got out of work myself, you know, uh, looking into that thing I was, uh, you know, asking about earlier and just kind of down at the bar with my pal Derek right now. And, uh, you know, just uh, just watching some TV, about to have a couple beers. Uh, so what are you doing? And Wayne is kind of like twirling the, the cord with his finger and he's just like, like leaning up against the thing. He's trying to make sure like no nobody walking by will, will hear him and maybe like mistake him for a wuss. So he's kind of just, you know, trying to trying to keep it quiet. Well, I'm uh I'm gonna probably have a glass of wine and kind of wind down. Would you uh would you like to come over and we can maybe watch some TV here and have some wine? Beer? I got a couple of beers. You look like a beer type. You're a beer type, aren't you? Wayne is just like shocked and silent for a second because it's just not really the direction that he anticipated it going, and he's kind of just like thinking, like, did did she just invite me over? Is this is this really happening? And like, he's starting to like slick his hair back a little bit, and he's he's talking to himself. It's just like inner monologue. He's just like, all right, Wayne, you dog, go ahead, you you can handle this. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I th- I think that'd be all right. Yeah, you know, I I could go for for some wine. It, you know, I I do look like a beer fellow, but you know. Deep down, I enjoy a lot of things. I think you'll find I'm a sophisticated man of taste. And then he's just like, fuck, what am I, what am I saying? 
She, you just hear her go, yeah, yeah, indeed. So I live off the, I live at the Riverside Apartments over, over on the east side by the river there. And you know where it's at. She's like, yeah, I live over there. Um, If you want to stop on by, I'm in apartment number nine. Just, uh, yeah, go ahead and knock on the door and I'll be ready for you. Uh, uh, I mean, for uh, drinks. For yeah, drinks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, no. Me. Of course. Sounds great. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be there in a few. Yeah, I could, I could stop by. All right. I'll see you then. So you turn around and tell Derek, like, hey, I'm going to go. You know, we already covered all that. You step out of your out of the main bar and get in your car. So what's going on in your head while you're driving over here? Do you have that, like, that nervous, like, nervous tension that you get where sometimes you think you're kind of walking into getting laid? Or are you like, like, what are you thinking at this moment? Yeah, wait, this doesn't happen to Wayne, like, ever. Like, he, he acts like a hot shot, but he's not. And, like, uh, he's just kind of nervous. He's kind of thinking, like, maybe... I misread. Maybe she's not really interested. And it's just like, you know, he's, he's like afraid that he's going to make an ass out of himself or something. He's, he's thinking about like stopping at the store and like, you know, he's smelling his pits. He's just like, I don't know, like, should I buy roses or like, should I like bring more beer over? And he'll eventually, you know, stop at a convenience store and just grab another six pack and drink one in the parking lot, like before he heads over it. He's, you know, he, he acted really cool when he left. You know, now that he's by himself, he's he's all right, kind of just uh, being pretty nervous about it. Well, especially so, like in the wintertime at night, you feel more alone, you know, like while you're driving there, too. Now, does this like happening kind of make you feel more confident knowing like because like one thing we've seen in this arc with Wayne is like there's this new version of Wayne that he's been slowly like building up, like learning stuff from Michael, doing stuff with the job, with the Raymond. Is this like all like? You were surprised, you said, because this doesn't usually happen to Wayne. But then you had like this confidence and this was your confidence that kind of probably made this woman at the airport hurts kind of like even take notice of you in that way. Like, what what does that make you feel thinking about that? So Wayne definitely does feel different about himself ever since what happened. Basically, he just kind of values himself more. He feels part of something. He feels like people actually like to have him around, you know, he's part of a group. He's not just a loner anymore. And uh, now he's kind of walking through this parking lot, going into this convenience store, like talking to himself, like you, you're a young Burt Reynolds. You're, you know, you're just a hot shot. You can do this. You're handsome. The ladies love you. And, you know, he's like kind of just feeling like a million bucks. Like he'll buy a scratch ticket when he, when he leaves. And uh, you know, cause he feels lucky. And he and on that scratch ticket, as you're scratching it in your car, once you start it up, you have it like on your steering wheel, and you're scratching it with a quarter. You won ten dollars on the on the scratch ticket, so you're like, man, I paid a dollar, I get like a, a hundred or a thousand percent return, and you got you know ten dollars right there. So so you drive to these Riverside apartments. You're driving west towards the Missouri River, and these apartments are on the east side of the river. It's like these apartments, and then there's like this large park. There's a there's a, lo- a lot of green parks that go along the Missouri River on this west side of town. You see, like they'll have like green, and then there'll be like a children's park, and then there'll be pathways, and then there'll be like if you were to go further south, there'd be a zoo down there. But right now, it's all covered in snow. It's just this white sheen that kind of c- goes up into the Missouri River, which now is frozen. You actually even kind of see some like dead tree branches, like large tree, you know, trees that have fallen over that are resting on the ice right now, the Missouri River. The apartments, the back end of these apartments face the 
river. So if she was to have an apartment where the balcony faced that way, she'd have a nice view or it would face the front. It really depends on which apartment is hers. Now, let me ask you, when you, what, like, before we even have you go into the apartments, like what is your goal right now with her? Like, do you have a goal or do you not know how this is going to go about? Are you like looking for something to get your mind off of everything that's been going on? Are you looking for maybe hoping that there's a connection here? Like what's going on in Wayne's head with this? I don't think he really knows. I think he's just kind of riding the excitement of the whole situation. He's definitely never pulled someone from like such a mundane interaction. So he's kind of like just really feeling himself over this whole thing. And he doesn't know, like maybe he'll just hang out with her and just lie to the guys and just say like, oh yeah, oh yeah, like the whole night. So he's And um, yeah, he doesn't really know, but he's just like, he, he thought she was attractive. He really did like that she seemed interested in him. So he's just like, you know, he has his hair slicked back, six pack of beer in one hand, bottle of wine in the other hand, tucked his shirt in. You know, he waited like 15 minutes as to not seem too eager, you know, had some some beers in the parking lot as well. And, you know, he's feeling pretty good right now, pretty confident. And he's happy. Like, it doesn't matter what happens at this point. He's he's happy and he's going to have a story to tell the guys tomorrow, even if it's just bullshit that he is going to make up. So. so you drive into the parking lot here. The parking lot's plowed out and you see that there's a bunch of cars that are like kind of parked for the night. It's around 1030 at night right now, like 10 at night. By the time you get there, you see light coming through curtains or cracks in curtains. This this apartment complex is uh, five stories high. It's pretty tall for like an apartment complex in the area. It's probably the tallest apartment complex in Bismarck. And you know by the number, you're able to fi- kind of figure out from seeing the parking spots that have plugs. They have posts with plugs for, so people can plug in their cars to keep their cars warm, which you see a lot of the cars are plugged in like that. You see a number nine and you assume it's on the first floor when you see like double digit numbers like that. You get out of your vehicle and you walk up to these double glass doors that you see that are in the middle of this building. There's only one entrance that goes, at least on this side that you're in. And you open up these double glass doors and you see there's actually like a, it looks like there's like a, on the left, there's a door for an office. You know, like you walk in these double glass doors, there's a wall to the left, wall to the right. There's a door on the left that says like manager. Looks like it's a, the the manager of the apartment complex. You see that it's closed. And then you see that a lot right next to the right there, there are these wall mounted mail boxes for people to get mail. You look to the right, you see that there's like a couch with some plants that are there for people to sit there waiting for someone to come. And then when you walk past through that, you see to the left that there's a hallway and to the right that there's a hallway. And you realize that you're kind of doing the math looking. And you see there's a little sign that has an arrow pointing to the left. And it says like 1 through 8. And then there's one point to the right. And it says like 9 through 16 or something to that extent. So you go right and you see that her apartment number 9 is the first one on the left. Which you're doing the the directional sense in your head. And you realize, oh, the she has a nice view or of the river. You kind of realize that as you walk in front of this door. Before I knock on the door... I actually set the bottle of wine on the ground and I, I put the beer on the ground too. And I like, I unbutton the first two buttons and I'm kind of just like opening the shirt up a little bit, tufting the, uh, the chest hair out. And then I, I do this lean where like, I'm leaning like one arm on the, on the, the door post, the door frame. And I have like the other, like my thumb is like in my jeans, just like standing like a, 
And he's like thinking about it for a second. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, this, this doesn't look, no, do it. Just do it. And then I, I, I knock on the door and I'm, I'm holding that pose. You, you knock on the door and then you just hear like some music kind of in the background a little bit. It sounds like some George Michaels or something. And then you hear like the volume go down and you see the door opens up and you see like, it's kind of dimly lit behind her. And you see that she's wearing like these, uh, uh these sweat shorts that are kind of like, look like they're basketball shorts for like, you know, college girls. And she has like this, this tank top on and you see, she kind of sees your hair down. It's not in that bun anymore. So she has like this black hair. That's kind of like, like naturally curly. That seems to like kind of go down longer. And she has like these brown eyes that are like staring at you. She's a little bit shorter than you. As you see now that you're not like standing across from her. She's you're, you're about five. I think you said you're about five eleven, right? Or, or something like that. You, yeah. So she's like five, five. And she looks up at you a little bit. And she sees you standing. And there's a moment where you kind of see her taking aback. And then you realize, like, yeah, the pose worked. You see how she's just, like, standing there like, oh. And she just sticks her hands out for, like, the, the the you know, the the beer and the the wine that you have by your feet. She's like, here, let me take that. Come on in. Oh, yeah. Thank, thanks. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes and she's, like, puts the beer in the fridge. She's like, Do you want, would you like it? She looks at the wine and she's like, oh, uh, would you like a glass of this? Or I have a bottle open right now. Would you like that? Oh, yeah, sure whatever's fine yeah yeah cool go ahead go ahead have a seat i'll go ahead and give you a glass and you see she motions to the left where there's like a tv that's on a tv stand and there's like a couch there she only has like one couch and you see she has a coffee table you see she has like a little bookshelf that has like some books on there you see like some vc andrews books you know like flowers in the attic and stuff like that and you see there's a couple like pictures she has on there, like maybe a family members. And you see that she has her drapes open and she has this big picture window that faces the frozen Missouri river that you can see and kind of see some of the parks there you see. she And she has like this lamp that's on like a nightstand table next to the, like in the corner of the living room on the side where the big picture window is. And it's turned on and it kind of like gently illuminates the living room. And you hear her back in the kitchen because the kitchen's immediately in the back on the right side of the wall. You hear the fridge open up and you hear the cupboards open up and you see on the TV, Quantum Leap is on TV right now. She's like watching that as it was on. I'm not sure if you're a fan of the show or whatever, but you kind of hear it playing. But she had the volume all the way down and you see like also on the bookshelf, she has like one of those stereo cassette players that have detachable speakers to it that you can move around and you can like detach the speakers, but she has the speakers attached on it's on the top there. She comes and she sits on the couch. Now, where do you sit on the couch? Do you sit on the left side? Do you sit in the middle? Or do you sit on the right? Important questions here. He, would, he wouldn't He would sit like in the middle right off the bat. He would probably just sit like on the opposite side of her at first and just kind of like, he'd be like kind of afraid to make like small talk and stuff. He'd be like, so uh, you like Quantum Leap? Oh, oh, hey, she looks at the TV saying, oh, well, yeah, it's a rerun. I just kind of like to have the TV on when I listen to music. It kind of gets a little like, especially during the winter time, it gets a little lonely. So I kind of like open the windows. I don't like feeling like so enclosed in. She hands you the glass of wine as she like walks around you and then goes sits on the opposite end of the couch. And she kind of like turns towards you. And she like crosses her legs. And you kind of like, there's a moment where you notice that like, actually give me, let's do some rolls here. Give me a uh, wits and empathy please zero successes all right so she looks at you and she's like so and she takes her hair and puts it behind her ear you you you're a private investigator huh yeah you know that's that's just a bit of what i do uh you know i got a lot of hobbies and interests myself uh you know books cars fishing 
you know, I'm actually uh, friends with a native man over in the uh, over in the reservation there, and he's teaching me a lot of pretty cool stuff, actually, about uh, you know, spirituality and you know, that sort of thing. Oh, wow! You're, so you're like a Renaissance man, huh? Yeah, I guess you could say that. So, but you're looking into a boy missing. I think that's pretty brave of you. And then for a second, Wayne actually feels pretty shitty to like kind of be using like what he's been doing to try to like impress this girl. And he'll kind of try to just change the subject. He'll be like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of crazy stuff that uh, that I've seen, even in just a short while. I've, I've been working with the with the agency and, um, you know, it's mostly just cheat, cheating husbands, cheating wives, stuff like that. You know, so uh, oh, I bet you see you have a lot of crazy stories, huh? Yeah, I do actually. I do. Yeah, and it, it's fun. It takes me all over all over this place and it's a, uh, you know, it, it's cool to be able to drive around and you know, just kind of kind of do my own thing. So you like it here? You like it in Bismarck? Oh yeah, I'd, I'd never live anywhere else. Really? Yeah, you know, I've I've never even really left the state except for once when I was a kid. No way. You seem like I'm sorry, but like I'm just going to be honest with you. You most of the guys in this damn city are <sighs> You try to have conversations with them, and they don't even know what Renaissance man means. Yeah, I'm certainly not like them. Uh, I try to be my own person, try to carve my own path. You know, it was just recently I uh, reconnected with uh, the Lord and Savior, and uh, he's been guiding me, he's been showing me his light, and I've just been living a lot better, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And give me another what's an empathy roll. I'm going to give you a plus two, which I think gives you plus two dice. Because you're kind of warming her up here. Uh, two successes. So you can see, like, especially how her legs are crossed right now. And she's kind of like showing you a lot of her thigh and a lot of her leg when she has her right leg crossed and she's looking at you. You kind of are starting to pick up the vibe here that, like, she's, like, very into you right now. And you can kind of just tell, like, how she her, her look lingers on you for a little bit. Especially when you start talking about, like, you would never leave here and everything like that. And she's like... I'm going to ask you a stupid question, and you've got to promise not to judge me, okay? Sure thing. Go ahead. Do you have any marijuana on you? He's, like, quiet for a second, and he's just, like, looking at her, and he's just like, yeah, I do, I do, I do. And he just starts to, like, take it out of his – takes a bag, <laughs> bag of weed, big old bag of weed. He, he thought nobody could really smell it. Like, Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was kind of worried for a second, like, oh, shit, like, is this – are you are you narc? And then he's just like, no, like, this is cool. This is going – this is going good. And he just like, he takes out the bag and it's like, it's this like big bag of really dried out looking kind of like dirt weed. And he's got some like rolling papers in there too. And a couple that are already rolled up and, and ready to go. And he just kind of throws it down on the table and he just like looks at it. He's just like, she's like, yeah, yeah. Do you mind? I really haven't that much, but you know, having wine and talking to someone who's interesting, and I smelled, you know, no offense, but I smelled the weed on you in the airport. But I think it would just make things better. I don't know. Call me risky. You make me want to kind of do things that are out of the norm for me. Hey, I say it always makes things better. And he's he's like starting to light one up and stuff. And um, yeah, he's like really happy with how this is going. He's like, man, she's pretty cool. Like, and I think she's into me. Like, this is this is awesome. So she gets up. Uh, after she takes a hit of this joint and she gets up and hands it back to you and goes to her stereo and she's like pulls out like on her bookshelf she has one of those carry cases for tapes she's like what kind of music do you like like she's like i got some pink floyd i got some classic rock i got some pop i don't know what would you like to listen to 
oh, put on that Floyd. And he's taking like a, a deep drag of the joint. And, uh, you know, the room is already starting to get pretty, pretty smoky. And he's starting to already unwind and feel pretty good. She puts in a Pink Floyd tape and sits on the couch next to you as you guys pass his joint back and forth. And you see she's kind of staring out the window now. You notice that she's looking out the window behind her TV, looking at the river. So as a storyteller, I'm going to tell you things can go one of two ways. And I'm going to leave it in your discretion here. One is you can choose to be intimate with her if you chose to this night. Or you could choose just to sit there and talk to her for a few hours to like one in the morning, you know, to where she says she has to go to sleep. Uh, for work the next day and she would like to see you in the next you know see you again and kind of like continue this on and then you can go back to your place what is it that wayne would like to do wayne is going to seal the deal tonight so the night goes by and we'll fade to black you wake up in the morning to the smell of bacon and it kind of like stirs you for a little bit and you wake up for a second and you realize that you are in an unfamiliar environment and then there's a moment where you feel these clean sheets that smell like tied which is something that you're not quite you know your sheets aren't i don't know how often wayne cleans his sheets but they smell flowery and you and you kind of wake up and you sit there and the sheet kind of goes down off your chest and you just hear music coming from the kitchen area and you can still smell the 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 lingering smell of of sex from the night before and you can smell though that bacon coming through what are you doing right now he's like he he drank quite a bit the night before too like as the night went on like he just you know he finished the six pack they finished both bottles of wine they drank the house dry they smoked most of the bag and listened to most of the tape she had and stuff and you know he's just kind of like i don't i don't even like really remember kind of like going to sleep but he's like yeah like that that really happened like he kind of is just like taking a look around the room and he's just like nice and then he kind of like looks at the clock and he's just like, oh shit. Uh, what time is it by the way? It's like eight 30 and you know, like, dude, you got Mike's going to kick your ass. If you're not in the office by nine, you kind of know that like Mike is, he's a stickler for time. And you, you all have keys by the, well, the full-time employees like you, Alex and Michael have keys, you know what I mean? But yeah, you know, you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> you see it's eight 30. Yeah. I mean, you're not too far though from the office. You can get there like in 15 minutes though. Yeah, he's going to, like, jump out of the bed. He's going to throw his jeans on, like, really quickly and just start, like, buttoning his shirt up. And all of a sudden, like, he doesn't want to, like, brag to them anymore about, like, what happened. He, like, he he doesn't want to keep it a secret, but he doesn't want them to, like, make a joke about it or anything. He's like, I, I don't know. Like, I just, he, like, he might be catching some feelings or something. He's like, I... You know, I, I'm just going to I'm just going to roll up there and just kind of act like nothing happened. Well, you know, and I want to add I know we fade to black and I'm not going to get in like vivid detail about what happened. But I would like to add, though, that that night was like kind of magical. It wasn't this awkward like bar sex, you know, where you meet someone, you go back, it's awkward and you're just kind of like your guard was totally down, as was hers. I mean, you guys spent like a couple hours like talking to each other and getting stoned and list- drinking wine and listening to there, you know, like talking about each other's childhoods, maybe a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And talking about like, just getting to know someone there. So when you guys slept together, it was like this long drawn out, like really intimate kind of thing, you know? And then you, like you said, you forgot you even fell asleep. That's how it was just kind of like all melted together. 
So when you get up and you start walking, padding down the hallway, because your shoes are in the living room, you know, you got your jeans on and your and your shirt on. You kind of see her in the kitchen. She has like this bathrobe on. You see her look at her and she smiles and she's like, oh, you're going to be late for work, aren't you? Uh, Yeah, just just a little bit, though. You know, it's a. Uh... Well, it's fine. Get- you know, my boss is, he's, he's a friend too. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll be cool. He'll get over it. Yeah. Go get your shoes on her. I'll, I'll make this into a sandwich for you. And she's like, see, she's cooking eggs and uh, scrambled eggs and bacon. You see, she just like takes a, lo- a loaf of bread and takes two pieces out. And she's kind of like dumping it, you know, to make a sandwich. And she like kind of puts it like takes a napkin and wraps around it. She's like, here, take this with you. And like he will. And you know, he'll probably just kind of like hang around and chit chat with her for a while. But as he's leaving, He's kind of just thinking like, what was that? That was like, he's holding the breakfast sandwich in his hand and he's just going back to his car. And he's just like, he's never had that experience. He's never had somebody like cook him food or something like that. And he's just kind of like, he feels weird. He feels really weird right now. He's happy. He's like, you know, kind of over the moon, but he's also just like, feels strange. She says before, right before you leave, she like, when you're about to head out the door, she's like, hey, she's like, you're going to call me, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you want me to, right? Of course. Of course. And she just smiles at you. Last night was fun. Cool. I, I had fun, too. All right. You have a good day, okay? Uh, Yeah, you do the same. All right. So you get in your car, and you're driving towards the Dakota Investigative Services on Main Street. You roll up past Martha's Bakery. And you're parking along the side of the road in front of the Dakota Investigative Services. And you're like, wow, you don't see anyone's vehicle. You don't see Che's Jeep. You don't see Michael's vehicle, his car. And when you get out of your vehicle, you go up there and you see it's still locked. But you have a key and, you know, you can unlock it if need be and everything like that. Yeah, I'll go up and I'll unlock it. I don't see any of the guys in there. No, you don't see any of the guys. You're actually, it's kind of weird. You see the TV still on. Like Mike didn't turn off the lights. He usually turns off the lights and unplugs the Coke machine and shit because he's always complaining about you guys wasting electricity and how that has to be paid for. But you see like the stuff still on and you're just kind of like, huh. And when you walk in there, you see that the there's a answering machine that Michael has set up for calls that are taken after hours. And you see like the red light blinking and, it's a, and it shows like a number one indicating that there's one voice message there. He'll go in and he's kind of just like looking around and... He feels relieved for a second that he's not in the ship for, for being late, but he is pretty worried that none of the guys are here. And he'll just kind of like, he's slowly kind of walking around the room and he'll walk up to the answering machine and just stand over it. And he just hits play on it. Hi. Uh, yeah. My name is Tina Weaver. Hi. I, um, I'm a counselor at the Dakota Adventist Academy. Uh, Michael McNulty spoke to me earlier today. Uh, it's about 930 right now at night um yeah so i just got the phone michael mcnulty he said you guys are looking into something at the school uh him and i kind of go back a little bit if you'd like to call me and speak to me about this you can reach me at this number here she puts a number that's my office number at the school where i'll be during normal business hours or you can reach me here at this number which is my home number here again uh my name is tina weaver and uh, yeah i hope to hear from you and you hear and i'm just kind of doing my doing my thing writing down the name and the numbers on a on the yellow notepad that's kind of just like right in front of the the end table that has the the answering machine and stuff or like probably the desk or whatever that has it mm-hmm. and i'm just kind of writing it down but i'm just kind of thinking of where is everybody how can i get in touch with them you know i don't think they'd be at home but i'm thinking about calling up like 
Alex's place or something. I don't really know. I'm looking at the clock again and I'm just like, did they, did they ditch for, for breakfast or something? Like, I don't really, what is this? We'll cut to Derek. Derek, you're walking out of your parents' apartment, walking outside. It's rather cold out right now, but it's not as cloudy. The sun's out at least. You walk out and you're almost like temporarily blinded from these drifts of snow in the parking lot from when they had been plowed through. You see your cream-colored van there. The windows are frosted over, though. They're iced over as you walk up to it. So what's going on in your head right now? What do you plan to do? Uh, I think the plan was to drive to the hospital again because Michael stayed there overnight. And Derek definitely wanted to get breakfast and coffee for him. I don't think he would have bothered his mother with it, even if she probably would have done it, but he feels it would have been uncalled for. So uh, where do you, are you going to go buy like a diner or something like that, or a Denny's or McDonald's or something like that? Something along those lines that McDonald's even have breakfast options back then. Oh yeah. They had the egg McMuffin or they had the breakfast platter and with coffee and stuff like that. Not saying how good it would be, but they definitely have the options there. I definitely want to get him some decent coffee. So there's a, there's a, like a, you know, matter of fact, you have Martha's where Martha has decent coffee if you want to go there. Or you can go to like a Dunkin' Donuts, which has decent decent coffee like that and get some donuts or breakfast there. I mean, I want it to be warm when it gets to him. So I'm looking for something near the hospital. So Dunkin' Donuts or whatever is there. Yeah. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts is on the way there. So you're able to get him like a big steaming cup of coffee there. and You got some donuts for him too. And you are you driving to the hospital from there? Yeah, definitely. And Derek is kind of thinking to himself, like, this is a shitty situation to be in for Michael, especially. But maybe he enjoys it a little bit that Derek is giving him donuts. It's kind of the the cop joke. (laughs) Well, that's actually kind of cool that you're doing that. Now, to go back a little bit, I just want to cover one more thing. I remember you saying that you were going to, that Derek dressed a little bit more like business casual than he did the previous day, right? Like, how, how is Derek dressed right now as he's, you know, driving here to drop this off to Michael? Uh, I think more or less similarly. It's mostly functional clothing right now, you know, just protection against the uh, the icy cold. So he still has, like, thick boots on, probably even the kind that he would wear for, like, woodworking or in the welding shop, you know, the heavier protected ones. <laughs> but yeah, he goes for jeans, not like an an overall or something like that. And a casual sweater. I don't think he's into sports, so it's probably just like plain colored or gap, you know, like dark blue and gap logo. So as you pull up into the parking lot, the same parking lot that you pulled into the night before of the normal hospital entrance that you guys went into before. And you're walking through the doors of the med center one. And you see now it's a little bit more lively that there's people walking in and out. You see that there's nurses or people who are going there for normal appointments. As you walk through the motion sensor double doors and they open up and you step into the lobby, it actually seems a lot more busier than it was the evening. You see people on the right are going into elevators. They're going out. You see people at the front reception desk. There's like five people working now instead of one. You see that they're talking to people. And you, as you step in with this bag of donuts and this big coffee, you turn to the right and you see michael getting out of the elevator and he's walking out and you look at him for a second and there's an intensity that you feel radiating off of him you see that his hair doesn't look as well kept as it normally does you see his shirt that he was sleeping in looks a little wrinkled and it definitely looks like that he kind of slept in the clothes that he has michael you see Derek for a second looking at you like as you guys make contact eye contact go ahead scenes on you guys morning 
Morning, boss. Derek kind of just passes the coffee. Thanks, Derek. How, how are and things? Michael, first sip of, I assume, the hot coffee. I'm not going to lie. It sucks. It sucks a lot. I'm not sure if Chase is going to make it. There's some other things, too. I think we should go to the office. Right. Derek kind of squeezes his shoulder, maybe. He doesn't really want to intrude. But yeah, he wants to convey that he's there uh, for him. But at the same time, it's still kind of awkward. Like he's known him for like two days and worked for him for like one. So I guess they just go back to the van and Derek focuses on driving and hands all the food to Michael, whether he wants it or not. Yeah, Michael just maybe like eats some of it, but he probably like falls asleep in the car or something. Yeah, it's like it'll be like a. 15 minute drive with the morning traffic like 20 minute drive so you can get like a quick power nap in he like takes a bite and kind of rests his head along the window there as you drive we'll cut to wayne so wayne you are alone and dakota investigative services right now what would you like to do wayne is just like dicking around doing something really stupid like he's like balling up little pieces of paper and trying to throw them throw them into like the cup that he keeps the pens in or something really stupid and he's just kind of like killing time just wondering where the where the dudes are he's never really been in this office while it's been empty and it's kind of like he's he's hearing all these sounds he's never really heard before he's gonna go outside for a cigarette and just kind of wait for them so as you like kind of like commit to like okay i'm gonna go out have a cigarette you put on your jacket and you open the door you hear the bell ring ding, ding, and you go step in front and you light a cigarette and you see Martha actually like kind of at the same time seems to be stepping out and she looks at you and she takes a cigarette and she kind of looks at you, smiles for a second. And then she does this like over bloviating, like guy, like nodding to the head up, you know, <laughs> like, you know, she's joking around with you or whatever. She's like, what's up, tough guy. Hey, Martha. And I'll, I'll kind of like walk over close to her. Like sometimes we'll just both kind of be enjoying our cigarettes at the same time. And when that's the case, I'll usually just go see what's going on. And I'm, especially cheerful today so yeah i kind of just walk over to her and you know see see what's going on with her she's like looking at you for a second she's like did you just wake up no martha i didn't just wake up come on (laughs) she's like something's different about you yeah uh shaved the other day (laughs) oh you look like you're glowing a little bit now you stop that (laughs) she just like pats you on the chest and she's like looks and you see as you guys are both look at the you see her looking at the road and you see Derek's van starts pulling up there and you're like oh okay there it's Derek you see like Mike though as you notice Mike's head's like on the side like on the passenger side like asleep on the on the window of the passenger side door the van stops Derek and you stop the van and you look and you see Michael's still asleep now I'll let you let him sleep if you want to or you can wake him up it's your call I think I will need to wake him up because once uh, the engine is off, the car starts freezing. Yeah, that's true, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I need to get him into the office no matter what. Also, he can sit much more comfortably on like the couch that we have and grab a blanket if he needs to. So you feel this hand shake you awake, Michael, and there's a second where you snap out of it and you look and you, Wayne, you look and you see Michael look out the passenger window of the van, and he, and you see Wayne standing right there, smoking a cigarette with Martha. I'll go ahead and say scenes on you guys. I'm like kind of looking at Martha. I'm like, there those guys are. 
what the hell's going on with Mike? What were they drinking last night? And I'm just walking up to the van at this point. And now I'm just like right kind of at the van as it's pulling in. Michael sort of gives a half-hearted wave to Wayne. It was sort of high. And then, you know, you, you can see this guy who, I assume Michael's hair is a mess right now. And, you know, he just opens the door, gets out of the van. Morning, Wayne. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. What the hell you guys been up to? I came in this morning, the place is empty. Yeah, look, we need to talk to you. Look, I'm sorry I was late, okay? It's it's no big deal, man. I, I No, what? Late? What are you talking about? Oh, uh, I, I assume that's... All right, let's go in, let's go in. All right. So, you know, Michael opens the... Uh, well, I guess the doors are open since Wayne opened them. He's just smoking outside. So I guess we all just go in. You see Martha just kind of looks at you all as you're walking in. You yeah. Know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Michael, of course, you know, says just like, hello, Martha or something like, but not the usual chit chat or whatever. And, you know, she can kind of pick up that like something's going on right now. And she kind of gives you guys your leeway. You notice when you walk in that Alex isn't in there right now. You notice that it looks like just Wayne was just in there by himself. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. All right. Uh, yeah, Wayne, why don't you take a seat? I'll get us. You want some coffee, Wayne? Wayne is like kind of scared right now. He's like take. He's like kind of looking at Michael. Like his head is like turned a little bit. He's just like take a seat. Like coffee. Like what? What's going on, man? Just shoot it to me, dude. Well, What's up? Did you watch the news yesterday? No, I I I didn't catch it. I. I was watching a little bit of Quantum Leap, but uh, oh. <laughs> that's about it. Che was in an accident. Well. What? Accident. Yeah. He's in the hospital right now. The ICU. Jesus. Is he going to be okay? Mm, we don't know. Holy fuck. What happened? And Michael sort of relays the whole story of uh, Che. I, I remember he was chased, I think, or something like that. Uh, can I interject? Maybe uh, I think Derek would have gotten a newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. That's true. It'd be in the newspaper. The, the, definitely. The office has it too. So he, uh, Derek is going to grab the newspaper and like, yeah. point out the story. It's probably like headline today. Yeah. Wayne will just kind of go over it and like his, he's like, he's not crying, but you can see that his eyes are just like wet. Like he just has like these tears in his eyes and like he's, his voice is just, it sounds like crumbly. Like when he talks, it's just like, he's just like, I, I don't understand. Like, how, yeah. how could this, I, I saw him the other day. This is, I know. And he's just like, I, I gotta, I gotta Not call really Ray. Sure. I gotta talk uh, to Ray. Yeah. And he's like getting up. He's like, he's trying wait, to wait like a second, go. Wayne. You know, uh, just be careful out there. You know, that's all I wanted to say. Oh my God. Oh my God. And he's just like, he's starting to like break down a little bit. He's throwing his jacket on and he's just like running to the car. He wants to fly down and just see Ray as fast as he can. He's just, but then he thinks like, I got to see, I got to see him. I got to make sure he's okay. Like, and he's just like, he doesn't know what to do. He's, he's standing outside, just like pacing back and forth, just like, you know, hands on his head, just like, kind of like in a total state of disbelief right now. To, his friend is, is like, so badly hurt he just he can't accept you know Derek and michael give me a wits and empathy roll please all right i got one success i got three 
Derek, you are looking at the situation. You see Michael just telling Wayne, you're giving them the paper. Again, you have that outsider's view. You know, you have that outsider's view where you are seeing these people from a perspective that they aren't seeing because they have that close-knit bond. And you're looking at Wayne, and you see Wayne is just panicking. He's starting to panic. And you know it's not like a good panic. Because the first thing you're thinking of is like, well, he's going to drive to see Chase's grandfather. And you're like, Chase's grandfather is probably with him right now at the hospital. You know what I mean? And you're starting to see that Wayne's wheels are skidding right now. And as he's standing out there with his hands on his head, like he doesn't know what to do. Go ahead. Seems on you guys. Derek has probably seen that kind of behavior when there's been like a work accident at his previous place. You know, like, yeah, someone uh, saws into their finger and everyone freaks the fuck out and doesn't know what to do. And to be honest, you experienced this a little bit when your cousin was killed, you know, when they found out she was dead. You know, even seeing your mom act that way or seeing your mom trying to console her her sister, you know? Yeah, but I think uh, at that time, like, he wasn't, like, trained to, oh, to see it. But now That's you are. I mean. yeah. yeah. Now you're more. Yeah, okay. So go ahead. Scenes on you guys. So he's going to, like, run out again and, like, uh, carefully try to stop Wayne from whatever he is trying to do. Like, he's trying to stop him from getting into the car and just, you know, disappearing again. Well, especially knowing that Michael, you guys just came from Michael checking on him too. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't know that Michael was just came from there and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So go ahead. Scenes on you guys. Wait, Wayne. Hey, hey, hey. Please just, please don't go. Right? Please just stay here with us. Come back inside. He like rubs the the rubs the water out of his eyes, and he just kind of like with a very like stone expression, just kind of like goes inside, and he's just like. You know, he he won't really say much, but every like couple of minutes, he'll just say like, ah, oh, Jesus, man, that's so fucked up, man. And Wayne, you even now noticing how you feel and you notice that Alex isn't there either, you know? So it's like at that moment too. Where's Alex? Does does he know what's going on? Just sit down, please. Just try to calm. I know it's like awful right now, but. And Wayne sits down on the. Like, I imagine they have some kind of, like, side couch type thing. I sit down on, like, the, the side, like, the love seat kind of thing or whatever. And I just have yeah, I put my, my head in my lap, basically. And I'm just like, fuck, man. Shit. It's Jesus. That same, it's that same couch that you guys were sitting on before where that lady was consoled when Che told her, you know? And, you're and sitting- it, it runs through my head, like, how many times, like, people have just, like, felt their worst on this couch. And, like, now I'm one of them. And it just sucks. And I just like kind of just like sit with that for a while. Do you enjoy games of humanity fighting against the supernatural, literally? Then you'll definitely like our game Corruption. This Hunters Hunted 2 game is set in Washington, D.C. and follows an eclectic group of hunters who bond together through their brushes with the supernatural. 